In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, so we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. We are all the way up to album 99, okay? It's, uh, it blows my mind. And this from 2012, this is Red by Taylor Swift. Nice. Uh, I'll tell you what, guys. I, 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 let's just, let's not mess around, okay? We, we don't have much time. We're doing a double record tonight. Matt's on a uh, battery-only computer, so we have to go quickly, okay? This is... Quick, quick. We gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs> Conveniently, he's like, oh, I can't do the extension cord. I don't have a cord, so he's I can't raw be on dog in oh. this. He's raw dog in this episode. By the third bad Rob joke of tonight, Matt's gonna be claiming yeah. batteries <laughs> running Breaking low. Breaking <laughs> Can't hear you. <laughs> What's up? What? Welcome to I got a message from Beck Did It Better. It just says, sorry about that last episode. I remember when we made a show the first time, <laughs> thinking we'll come up with better jokes. We'll be fine. Now it has been a couple years, and it seems like we made a huge a mistake. Years. Every week we hope we'll find our groove. Oh yeah, but we never seem to improve. Uh-oh, but that all will change with today. I say today? we guarantee that we are funny. Yes. Yes. Oh. We were a little off last time, but Oh no. <laughs> this time I'm telling you we really do, we really do. We guarantee tonight will be better. We to be somewhat clever I will listen to the guys and they said that they will listen to me tonight you will truly truly see Beck can do it better yes so yes. Funny, yes. About the I love it it's not that hard to be Taylor Swift it turns out that sounded exactly like Taylor Swift that was crazy <laughs> Taylor Swift takes off a mask and it's me. And then I take off my mask. And my skin looks great because it was a mud mask. Did it better. Listen, we are talking about Taylor Swift's red. Let's let's not mess around. Let's get right into it. I've got three guys here to help me break down a little known album by a little known artist. I've got Russell, Minnesota. Russell, how are you doing? Rob, you go podcast with Matt, podcast with Aaron, podcast with me. But we are never, ever, ever, ever getting downloads together. Like, ever. <laughs> I was going to make a song about how we're never, ever going to get better. And then I realized that's what our next episode song also is about. And I was like, well, I can't do like two songs in a row where we just, how bad we are. Uh, I've got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? Uh, great, Rob. Again, new me, new Matt. We're going to bring the energy in this section here. Yeah. So I'm just going to say it feels like a perfect night to dress up like some... <laughs> aging millennials who are talking about <laughs> Taylor Swift. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. We're, 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 we're perfect for this job. Oh let's God. do it. Hey, Matt, Matt, I'm don't you feel like you're 42? I'm 42. <laughs> it is 42. I only feel like I'm 41. <laughs> As are old. I, I, I'm trying to match that energy. I don't know if I can do it. That's too hard. I mean, that was, that was you're fired up. Uh, but, uh, and I've got Aaron out in California, Aaron, congratulations on your new job. Uh, the head of the North Korean golf tour. So great job on that. I just wanted to say congratulations. I think it's a great idea. Aaron in Oaktown. How are you doing? Appreciate that. Rob, before you, I only did podcasts with self-indulgent takers. Let's talk about Taylor mm. Swift Red. <laughs> well, good thing I'm not one of those before you. 
<laughs> it's not self-indulgent if you're eating like hot dogs. That's not self-indulgent. The, the hot dogs aren't part of me. Okay. Self-indulgent hot dogs. Oh, that sounds so good. Listen, no more messing around. Okay. Matt's computer is going to die at any second. We've got to get to the voice. 92%. We're at 92%. We simply don't have enough time. <laughs> we, we're on a clock here. We can edit that out though. <laughs> Won't leave me alone. About our listeners, right? Hey guys, this is Patty. I'm a math mother-in-law. I'm sorry for my froggy voice. Favorite I have a question that Favorite goes way back to your beginning because I didn't listen to the beginning well, just of the podcast. Go shows, back and listen to it. And I'm wondering about Beck. I know oh. who he is, but I don't know why you guys are obsessed with him or who is obsessed with him or who <laughs> started wanting to talk about Beck. That's my question. I also want to say that we're really proud of Matt because he ran grandma's and finished yesterday. Hey. All of us who love him are proud of him. We're proud of him too. Bye-bye. Oh, man, that's super sweet. And we also, you know what, Patty? We're also all doing stuff, okay? We're all doing stuff. So actually do your research. Maybe go back and listen to some episodes and you'll figure out why. But we all did stuff. But I can't be too hard on Patty. Matt, I drove a marath- I drove a marathon today yeah. if you count it both ways. Yeah, I got my gas at a marathon gas station. I think that counts. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Um, so, uh, Russ, why are we called Beck Did It Better Again? I think it's good to hit the refresh every once in a while. You know what? I would tell people to go back and listen to episode zero because we talked about the where the name came from and why we call the podcast Beck Did It Better. But it turns out that all of the podcast sites only take 100 episodes now. So every time we do an episode, one of our earlier episodes drops off. So Ooh, awesome. nobody can ever go out and listen to episode zero and find out. So we'll have to tell them real quick. Oh, but no. my recollection is we... We started listening to the top 500 list. On the you, top start, 500. you started it. Give yourself credit. You're the okay. one who said, I'm, I'm going to listen to all 500 albums. So and I was said, said, I'm going to start Excellent. listening to all 500 albums. I'm not a huge music fan or anything. I thought it would be a fun quest. And I got a handful of albums in and I texted a large group text message. And I said, you know what? A lot of these albums are great. Um, and was listening to a Beatles album. And I said, this is a great album and everything. But I think when it comes to really strange songs, Beck does it better than the Beatles. And everyone just lost their shit. They called me an idiot saying Beck's better than the Beatles. And that's not what I meant. What I meant is he does certain things better than other great artists. So we thought that would be a cool way to approach approach the podcast. Is that about right? I think that, yeah, that's it, right? That is like right. And so we we knew nothing about Beck. Russ is not, you were not a huge Beck fan, right? Like, it's... Uh, I- no, I've probably I've probably got one of his CDs and have listened to another one on a car yeah. ride. So we just randomly said, "Oh, Beck has." We bet Beck would do these songs better, and it turns out Beck has made one bazillion songs that fits almost every album on this list. He's got a lot of good ones, doesn't he? We are so lucky we picked Beck as an artist. What I was going to ask is, Matt, you said you were going to start listening to new artists because you're through all 500 albums now. Have You You mentioned you may, might start listening to Beck's catalog. Have you started doing that yet or not? Uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, I, I listened to it like three or four times and then I created a playlist of his top. I think I, it was one of those things where I went in and I just... If I liked a song, I just added it to a playlist on Amazon Music. That's what I use. And so I got up to, there's 27 songs out of like the 11 or 12 albums that he's got um, that I've got. And I could, I could share it with our, I should put it out on Insta or something. Yeah, share I, think Matt, I think, Matt, it's on Spotify under Beck's Greatest Songs. Is oh, it? Somebody, somebody already did the list? It's somebody already, okay. Well, actually, Matt, I haven't done it by the time this thing publishes. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> All this discussion of CDs, 
and playlists and streaming media and ephemeral podcasts reminds me, listeners. What does ephemeral mean? Yeah. This stuff hey, doesn't I'm, last I'm an ephemeralist. forever. <laughs> You're at the whim of your streaming <laughs> partners. Mm-hmm. These That's things true. go, these things don't last forever. Get your cassette recorder out, record this on cassette. You need mm. to get physical copies of Beck Did It Better. This stuff isn't yep. going to last forever, people. You all yep. need to make sure that you're recording, saving these things, just like you used to record That's off true. the radio. That's true. The top five at nine. You can't miss this. So listeners, like Russell said, that first episode's going away every time. And if yeah, you can't I, I get say physical this. copies, yeah. you can at least get physical with your with your hosts. That's yes, yeah. that's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is our last night for episode yeah. episode three. <laughs> Russell keeps saying that every time we end an episode. I'm like, okay, we'll see you guys later. He's like, well, we can get physical. I'm like, oh, click. Bye. Everybody, everybody knows uh Odelay by Beck. I think Absolutely. well not everybody. Okay. So Odelay by Beck. Um K Onduero. Just Wero. But K Underwero, that would be my walk-up song if I could choose one. Brian from Woodbury would, would, has always asked, what's your walk-up song? He comes up with some good stuff. But K Underwero by um, Beck would be my walk It's just a, a banger. And then Wow by Beck, it's another song to listen to. So I'm just throwing out a couple of nuggets for some uh, those Becker heads out there who haven't so, listened to much of Beck. Here's, here's my walk-up song. And who needs walk-up songs? Man, when it comes to walk-up songs, then who does it better? Oh, Beck. Absolutely. Does Absolutely it does it better. Yep. Beck did it better. I'm not sure what we were talking about there, but I think that's... Listen, I, I, I think the idea that we're all thinking of walk-up songs is so funny. The idea that it's like some point it's like, hey, listen, you're in this game. And we're like, oh, shit. And yeah. you need to think of a walk-up song. It's like, oh, thank <laughs> at goodness. Some point, I got one at in. some point, yeah, I'm 41 years old. At some point in the future, I'm going to be in a spot where some little intern is going to walk up and say, hey, you're up six tonight. What are you going to have for your walk up? Because we got to get, we're getting yeah. a list together. Yep. Like, That's going to happen. And it's definitely not happen. a reoccurring dream that I have where I am back in college playing football and they need me for the second half and I'm getting ready to go and I'm excited to play football again and I can't find a pad. And then I find that pad and I'm missing a shoe and then I can't find my mouth guard and the game's starting. And I'm sure that's normal stuff like that. There's nothing. I don't need to look into that. I don't need to talk to my you therapist about that. It's taking extra long to get there and then you don't get to the field. And yeah, no, I hear Yeah. You. And then my kids I come out and say, oh, you're not spending enough time with us. And I'm like, wait, what, what does that mean? And I'm like, ah, no time. I got to get to this podcast. I got to edit the podcast. Kids, shut up. I mean, mine always is Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye. There we unless- go. Unless it's like a special night, then it's the cover of Sexual Healing by the Hot 8 Brass Band. So it's, can't, it's you see, yeah. can't you see Aaron in the on deck circle when his song hits and he's just rubbing that pine tar <laughs> up and down his bat? <laughs> <laughs> Rob, if, if the Beckerheads want to call in and give us their walk-up song and see if it can be Beck did it better, how do they get a hold of the Beck 802-277-BECK. Call or text. We all know my walk-up song, by the way. Be so, I mean... You hear this coming, I'm walking up, and you're like, wow, that's one hot teacher. Because I, I teach you guys, I'm, I'm a teacher to you guys, right? I teach you guys about life, uh, liberty, yeah. the pursuit of happiness. And we all think you're super hot. It's like what we talk about when you hang up after the podcast. You know, if you're hiding in a bathroom, you got to hold your breath so they don't hear you. You know, stuff like that. We talk, and I think that's something we edited out of the last episode. But I'm, we're always learning. That's our key. We're lifelong learners on this podcast. Rob, my favorite thing when you used to play softball and you would come up to that walk-up song, you would always get in a hot box for teaching. Now you're talking. Now you're, now you're, 
Sharks, I've got something I want to talk to you about. What was your guy's style? Did you guys play hot box when you were a kid where you'd throw the ball back and forth and everyone would run and you'd try to run from a base? Oh, were you one who would stand on the base the whole time? Or were box. you for one who would like <laughs> run out and stand in the middle and kind of try to, to taunt them to come get you? What was your Russell, style? Russell, I'm not going to lie. When you said hot box, I thought you meant smoking weed in an enclosed area. So you I agree with Rob. <laughs> yeah. Also, so I was like, wow, we- Russell's really bringing it out this episode. That's interesting. Uh, we, we called it, we called it pickle. We didn't call it hot box. And, uh, yeah, I was always the, the daring pickle guy. Like I like to get out there and, and see what I could make happen. Yeah. And that's why you have that nickname now. That's why your zoom name on the zoom says daring pickle guy. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in a neighborhood where I was by far the oldest child. And so I, again, You've talked about that was a God at every sport. <laughs> baseball yes. crushing it fastest yes. one in the neighborhood because I was like literally five years older than everybody else blocking shots like crazy on our basketball hoop that only went up to eight feet. So I was convinced my whole life that I could just dunk on a basketball hoop. Like I was, how awesome I was. Turns out when you get out to actual basketball and people start dribbling with their left hands, you're absolutely screwed. <laughs> it's it's, it's I, when I saw the, somebody dribble with their left hand for the first time, I was like, what the fuck? How can you even do that? Like I can barely <laughs> dribble with my right hand. Uh, rolling going Rosie. How's it going with you? Uh, it's going, you know, it's going pretty well. It's been a good day, although um, it's warm again. And I'm now, as, as we've discussed, I'm now uh, podcasting from the kitchen and uh, it's 82 in the house. And I'm realizing that maybe tonight was not the best night to make halibut for dinner. So oh, uh, oh. it's pretty milk was a poor choice. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> It's, uh, it's going to be a long night here in this uh, smelly fish kitchen, but oh, uh, I'm God. happy to be here with you guys. Uh, you know, it smells, you, like, I, it smells honestly, like my bed when I wake up under, you stick your head under the covers. That's what it smells like. It's just like you, you've been hotboxing a halibut down there. <laughs> On the scale of, of white fish, where does halibut fall for you, Rosie? Um, it falls, Alaskan halibut is at oh the top, God. I would say, uh, California halibut is my favorite eaten raw, but, um, the raw kid doesn't do rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Raw gonna, like California halibut at sashimi is like perfect, but there used uh, to be we, this, there used to be this place called just for the halibut and it was on 60th and Portland. The, the Richfield halibut. It's one of the best yeah. places for halibut, right? It was awesome. Yes. And I don't think there's anything better than halibut. It's just a good thick chunk of halibut. That's some just some good fish, Rosie. You yeah, you're, you're right. That's the Alaska stuff. That's the real fatty stuff. The California stuff's a little leaner. So you got to be careful how you cook it. But you're right, Matt. Did they did they do it fried or grilled or what you got to choose? Uh, they fried they fried that up. Oh, like fish and chips, halibut. They, they come out. You have milk or water, whatever, in like the the old glass jar, the ball jars. Oh, and stuff that's like amazing! That. So, what, is this, this is a little house on the prairie? Like, what are you Does talking this about? Still exist? Yep. No, <laughs> a jar of milk with halibut. It's not like an architecture building or something. It's, it's a restaurant that's only serving white food. It's like, oh, that you can have a side delightful. of ranch. What else could you have? Mm-hmm. You could have uncooked potatoes. Tartar sauce. What's some Tartar other delicious sauce. white food? Whipped cream. Ugh. Ugh. I kind of figured, Matt, I, I'm kind of surprised you're a fish guy, Matt. I thought maybe you would Love stray it. away from Absolutely. fish. Absolutely. Well, you know what I do every time we go to Vegas, right? Uh-oh. With crab or without legs. you. Oh, that's true. Okay. You do eat crab, crab legs. legs. Yeah, it's true. You do take a belt and, oh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the crab legs. That's what I meant. <laughs> Yeah. Why does it smell that, like why does it smell like halibut in our room here? I know. It's a hot box going in that room, gets it nice and hot in there. Guys, I'm a big I'm a big seafood guy. <laughs> well, did I tell you guys I'm on a seafood diet? I only eat food that was grown in the sea. Interesting. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron is passing out in his house that smells like uh, I'll talk fish. halibut anytime. No, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear your So how do you, how did you cook it then? 
Toaster oven, man. Like the toaster, <laughs> the fish in the toaster <laughs> oven. That is the bomb. It's easy. Just no, set come that on. just uh-huh. like. Yeah. You cannot fit toast. You're, you're making fish in a toaster. What the hell is no. a toaster oven? Yeah, man. You just you you set that thing on 400. Eric Repair, the the famous chef from Le Bernardin oui. in oui. Uh, Russell knows who Eric Repair is, the Ripper. Uh, he has a, a good recipe for broiling halibut in the toaster oven, but I've never been able to get that one right. Like it never turns out right. So Aaron, you have to put it in the hot box. <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't know we were going to pull out Russell's Eric Repair. I don't think that was a very good French impression. Maybe <laughs> I think it was really good, out. Russell. It was so good. Oh my nice. god, it was so his good. memoir is actually called Thirty Two Yolks. Or is a it's a good it's a good read. He's a he's a super cool guy. Thirty Two Yolks. That's more that's more yolks than usually show up on one of these podcasts. I mean, I'm trying to tell these yolks, but it's tough. <laughs> we we talk a lot about like celebrity chefs. What would what would be your guys like? Do you think it would be cool to be a celebrity chef? Yeah, of course it'd be fucking cool to be a celebrity chef. What are you talking about? But you yeah, still have to like work no. super late hours all the time. Yeah, you gotta work till right. midnight no, every I night, right? I wouldn't like that at all. Oh no, where's what's my family gonna do? Who cares? I'm a celebrity chef. I'm at work making delicious food. I mean, if you're a celebrity chef who doesn't have to actually work in a kitchen anymore, like that would be cool. But yeah, if you if you still gotta like do the work, that's that's hard work, man. That's have you rough. seen like that salt bay guy? Have you seen him? Yeah, he's like no. an internet sensation. Where he comes right? out and he puts the salt on everything and you can go and his restaurant has like a $300 hamburger where he comes out and he does the salt thing and then he puts like gold on it. That's what I would be. I would be like an Instagram restaurant. You would be all about presentation. Oh, oh, I'd be putting gold flecks on everything and melting cheese and I'd be, I, there'd be so many pictures of gold me in this restaurant. and melting, melting cheese. cheese. Oh. That's it, just all I'm, of it. It's and like, pictures I'd have of tortilla me. chips, I'd throw that stuff in the microwave, it'd be <laughs> melting and people would just be going nuts for it. I think I think these celebrity chefs, really, I mean, I think they're so good because they have the passion for it. I mean, that's what makes them good at what they right. do. So mm-hmm. a lot of times they're still cooking anyways. You know, I think Gavin Kaysen was on K-Fan a couple mornings ago, because he started opening up a new restaurant or something Spoon like and that. Stable but, is his old one, but he's got a yeah, new one coming, right? Right down in the there's a new building and yeah, in the hotel, Four Seasons, or whatever it is. But the but he was talking about how he just loves to make food. You know, that's his thing. He can't shoot a hockey puck and he can't shoot a basketball things like that, but he can make food. And so he was with his he was with his kid, and they were in a hockey tournament down in Austin and they had like this time. And so they're going to order a bunch of pizzas and they're like, okay, we got an hour and a half before the pizzas get here. And so he just basically said, fuck this, went over to the grocery store, grabbed a bunch of stuff, made this huge charcuterie plate for everybody. And that's what you do when you're a celebrity chef is if you're on the, you know, whatever Bantam B or whatever team he's on and you've got a celebrity chef, you just instantly get the best food ever. Just imagine big Rob's house of ribs. You go in, and it's just a picture of me standing there with a big <laughs> smile. He's, he's cooking ribs. And I've got a big thing of ribs, and I'm like, damn, you're at Big Rob's House of Ribs, right? And it, and you just walk in, and there's pictures of me, and there's gold flecks everywhere, and there's somehow still melted cheese everywhere. What a great restaurant. Rob, how do you think my dating, my online dating life would have gone differently if I were a celebrity chef the whole time? Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what that would be like? It's like, oh, where are we going to go to a date? Oh, my restaurant? Oh, Big Rob's House of Big's house, Big Russ's house of ribs. Yes, we are going there. 
I should have just put that down. It would have been much easier life. It's like the scene in Chef where he makes the Cacio e Pepe for Scarlett Johansson. You're just like, what, John Favreau and Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes well, That's weird that a movie made by John Favreau would have him <laughs> being with Scarlett Johansson. That's so weird. Aaron, can we not go one episode where you don't bring up that god dang frittata that you keep talking about <laughs> in every episode of the podcast? The one from Big Night? Where st- I think about that anytime I make eggs. I'm always, that was anytime that Stanley I make Tucci eggs, movie. I'm, I know I'm where thinking about that. trying to be Stanley Tucci every time. If I get in the kitchen, I'm making eggs. I'm trying to channel Stanley, Stanley Tucci and Big Night every time. I know that being a chef would suck. I know the hours would suck. I just think it would be so great just to be like, hey, guess, look at this. I made this huge burger. And everybody's like, wow, it's really good. And you're like, yeah, great. Wow, I mean, really big. like I don't do I don't do anything <laughs> in my life ever where people go, wow, that was really good. Thank you so much. Like I don't create anything. I don't make anything. Rob's idea of being a celebrity chef is melting cheese, making mm-hmm. ribs, and making a big <laughs> burger. Flex. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm not putting halibut in a fucking microwave or whatever you're it's doing. A, yeah, the halibut goes in the toaster oven. Anyway, for everyone out there who's trying to figure out how to cook your halibut in a toaster oven, I have found that roasting it on 400 wait, 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 on wait. some parchment. We just got negative five emails to the account. Somehow. That- <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. It doesn't make sense. Is the best way to do it. And I got some good lemon pepper from the Oaktown Spice Shop. Shout out the Oaktown Spice Shop. That guy's probably not listening to the podcast yet. But uh, yeah, yes. it was delicious. Very good, very good dinner. But now I'm smelling it, re- reliving it. What is that, the Oaktown Spice Shop? This place, it's just a whole shop of spices. It's incredible. Can you like open them up and smell them? No, you can't do that, yeah, right? You can. so- yeah, sure. Yeah, because what? you can either buy a glass jar yeah. or they sell plastic bags that are the exact size of the glass jar for refilling your glass jar. I would not put plastic bags on my food. That's one guarantee so you, you can, can get at big Rob's house yeah. of ribs. Not many plastic bags on your food. And it's like, it's all organized by category. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful place. It's locally. Is, owned. It, yeah, Matt. is this guy, is this guy, <laughs> I could just picture a guy who opens a spice shop, right? Yeah. Is this guy is pissed. When marijuana got legalized in California, because yeah. out of the back of his shop, he was yep. that's where he was making right. all of his money. Right. Actually, Fuck. one of the spices I bought is called Grand Lake Shake. And so it's it's called Grand Lake Shake. You buy it in a little baggie, uh, but it's actually great for it kind of smells like chicken soup, but it's great for you can mix it in Greek yogurt and make a veggie dip. I'll do this all night. If you guys don't want to talk about music, I'll talk about fucking veggie dip and spices if you want to go. Halibut. Yeah, nobody said it. nobody said yes to that. Uh, so the, here's the thing: is that <laughs> I think if I had a spice shop in my town uh, growing up, I would have called and said, "Hey, seriously, can you unscramble this channel? Like, I just for like five <laughs> ten minutes, just unscramble it. I can see a little is that an areola. Where's that? The guy's shoe. I can't tell, but ooh. every three seconds yeah. it comes into view. Look yeah. at that. Definitely didn't mess me up like in a weird way where it's. <laughs> That's good. That's a good one, Rob. That's it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I don't think where, Rob, where do you think it went wrong? Ah, it was that fuzzy channel that 49 or whatever it was. I could never come through. <laughs> yeah. When I asked my wife to dress up in a blurry sweater, she's like, why, why do you like this so much? I'm like, just do it. Back to my youth. Yeah. I love it. Uh, uh, Matt, rolling going. How's it going with you? So we made the uh, trek up to middle of nowhere, North Dakota today. So yep. 500 miles, 700 or seven hours. Seven Jesus. hours. Oh, oh, oh. I drove the whole way. Oh, well, yeah, of okay. course. Wow. Okay. Aaron, look at Aaron. Aaron's mind is blown. He's like, yeah. I, that's so far to drive. You drove? 
Somehow, I taught wow. my wife and my kids. We only stopped once. Usually, wow. we're like wow. a that is two a or three stop. Wow. Right there. That <laughs> so there, that's my that is my win for the day. Yeah. Is that we only made one stop? We made it seven ten instead of doing two or three stops and making it like seven forty five. So you know what, man? I'm with you. When I road trip, I'm all about. No stops. You just drive through and you keep it going. There, there's no reason to add like an yeah. extra 20 minutes at, for some random gas station if you don't need to. Dad, I'm thirsty. Can I have some water? Absolutely not. No. You absolutely no. cannot. Forget about it. <laughs> well, to Sarah's credit, I mean, she she packs uh, lunches and snacks and everything. I mean, like we're, we're right. well equipped for the kids when they start asking for stuff like this. They've got so much um, halibut. I think I was They've saved, got so much halibut in the car. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was saying, Rob, I don't know how much you know about the tons. I'm not a driver anymore, but Anything I was saved or? three times, three times Lots. a day by the Waze app. Yeah. Telling me there's cops ahead. Oh, it's the best. And so I don't know who, who came up with the Waze app, but man, are they geniuses it's, and it's, good stuff. So. It's so good. I mean, even just saying like, oh, there's something on the side of the road. So look out. Like, it's just, I love the Waze app. I, what rank are you in the Waze app? Do you have? The, oh, I have no idea. I'm kind of an, I'm kind of a newbie. So I have no way oh, of telling. Okay. Well, I, maybe I shouldn't be talking to you about this then. I don't want to talk. I have, I actually have the sword. I'm the highest rank in the Waze, even though I don't what, even own a where car. Where do you find your rank? Let me, I can see if I can look it up, but <laughs> my way. Yeah, you don't even know. Never mind. Who are the people that are are driving and then like clicking on their phone and alerting people to the cops? Like, is there like a button that you say police? And it's yeah, easy yeah. to like alert yeah. people or how does yeah. it work? Or like car on the side of the road or hazard or just, you know, construction you, zone or something. You yeah. feel so smart though when you're alerted to a cop and you can slow down and not get caught. And you're like, yeah. I'm invincible. I could be driving 200 miles an hour. Who cares? Seven. I got 7,898 points. I'm guessing that's not a lot. Whatever that means, but I got no rank, so I must be. I, I no, gotta get. Gotta, I gotta up my game. Come on, up the up game. Up. We get seven-hour drives. You gotta start getting some ranks on that yep. stuff. So, yep. yeah, thank God for ways. I agree. It's great. Uh, so what are you? So what are you doing now up in North Dakota? Like, what is your day going to look like tomorrow? Like, are you sitting there? Do you have to take the kids out on the boat? Can you just avoid the family? By the way, things are going fine over here. Just in case anybody's wondering, I've mentioned avoiding my family <laughs> multiple times. Uh, eighty-two percent. Just letting you know. Um, yes. So. <laughs> We give you updates throughout this. Yes, I love it. Uh, we will. So we got up here. We hadn't been up here in like four weeks. So there's a lot of just opening stuff up. But yeah. tomorrow, yes, we'll be on the boat. Sarah's got a cousin on the lake who's got a big ass boat, one of those big wave boats. Um, forget what it's called, but oh, where you can surf behind it that everyone else hates on the lake. Yep, yeah. Yep. But there's about eight of them around here. So this lake is going to be effed in about yeah. two years. Everybody's like, why, so is, why is our shoreline d- destroyed? Why do we have no more shoreline? Also, check out this boat I have that makes giant waves. Oh, I can't see any correlation between that. No, nothing like that. So, no, we'll get out. I mean, there's golf cart rides. Boy, it, Trying to, uh, I don't know how do you say it. You you think you do this with your girls a little bit too? De-city-fy? Yeah. You know, get, the, you know, get them just to be able to run around in the country a little yeah. bit without... You know, like, hey, they can go anywhere around here and there's not a yeah. threat of anything and stuff like that. So just to get them to be a little bit more free, I guess, stuff like that. So a lot of exploring, a lot of boat time, a lot of just sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. So, you know what I nice. do is I get them a nice iPad game about going outside. So then they can really experience what going outside is. They love it. <laughs> VR goggles. Yeah. yeah Pokemon get Go. Get out, you can find new, you can find North Dakota and Pokemon. Get out there. That's, I, you yep. just got to find those things that are dumb as hell. I should tell you guys, since we started talking about throwing a baseball with your kid one time, I've been out throwing a baseball with my girl almost every day now, like back and forth. Wow. It's great. She has it's only got hit in the face once, um, <laughs> which was not great. But other than that, we're just out there chatting. And I, once again, I, I say that the podcast has made me a better dad. So I appreciate it. 
Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Uh, uh, Russell, Russell ro- says you're welcome. <laughs> Russell, rolling going. How's it going with you? Rolling going. Things are going well. We, we, we had talked about live music a, a few weeks back, and you guys had talked about the Turf Club, that the Turf Club was one of your favorite concert venues. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and again, live music. I just think it's so great. It's like the lightning crashes and a new and mother a cries. <laughs> that joke will forever be funny to me. To the floor. <laughs> you know what? I was gonna. I tonight. I was gonna do a top five list about my favorite placenta songs, yeah. and that one was not on it. Yeah, it not didn't on make it. the cut. Didn't make the, so cut. Cut. the cut. Yeah, so there bad. was one Beck did it better song about the placenta that was on the list that bumped it out. So it, it technically probably could have made it. But well, I told you, you guys know my famous placenta story. I've told you that story, right? Where <laughs> I don't know. We Jenny and I have a baby. Okay, and kind of equal work. You know, we each did it. We each did our part. Um, <laughs> Um, and this baby comes out. And so we have a, you know, my sisters want a first baby in the family. My sisters want a picture. So I take a picture of the placenta, which I remember being in a coffee can, but that can't be right. They can't keep the placenta in a coffee can. So I take a picture of the placenta and then send that to my sisters. So funny. It made me laugh so hard because they're like, Oh God. And I did it for the second kid too. Not as funny when my younger sister had her kid. And then I said, oh, please send a picture. And there's a picture of the placenta. And I was like, actually, this is really wrong. So normal <laughs> stuff going on in the Rob family. Don't worry about I it. I don't remember where the placenta went in that moment. That's, that's wild. Oh, you see the spice store guy? Oh, good. Oh, no. <laughs> so I actually went there a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, it was Paul McCartney's 80th birthday. Hey, and so to celebrate me. that... <laughs> They did a celebration of Paul McCartney where they essentially, uh, you bought tickets to this, you go to the turf club. It's kind of like a dive bar type place, I would say. They've got seats at the bar. They've got tables and everything. Where are the but, lights on? Uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh. What do you mean with the lights on? Is it, well, the last few dates have gone on. It's all been in the dark. Everything's in the dark. I just want to know if the lights Russell's are like, on. What is going on in this date? Everybody can see everybody. This is crazy. Yeah. I don't know if the lights, lights were on. on. Yes, okay. the lights were on. The Russell's date on. is like, I liked it better when we were in the dark. No reason. Don't ask why. <laughs> well, I don't need it. It doesn't even need to be repeated to me. It was good. Yeah. I mean, I heard that enough from a downloader that night, but whatever. <laughs> but so Paul McCartney, they had this backing band and they had about eight or nine different uh, singers that came up and sang two or three Paul McCartney songs. Mm-hmm. And it was just a great time. Some of some of my favorite songs that they played, Let It Be, um, Back in the USSR, Oh Darling. And the three songs they ended on, I want to see what you guys think of these as a, a closing part of the ep, the the concert for Paul McCartney. They had Paperback Writer, which I was surprised uh, great about, song. but it actually crushed. That works. That's a good song. Great song. Oof. Yeah. Then they and it has a great bass line, too. It's got a great Paul bass line, so yep. that makes not sense. Quite as, not quite as good as Taxman, but it's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> they did not play Taxman. Because it's a George Harrison song. Oh well. Second, Whatever. the second encore was one of Matt's favorites. Helter Skelter was the oh, second good encore. Oh, that is cool. That's, That's super a good cool. one. And then the then the closing finale was Obla D Obla Da. They had to go uh, with that it. one yeah. as the closer. That's a, good, that's a good crowd pleaser. Everybody can sing it and go out on it. And, and I think it, that's one of the perfect Paul McCartney songs now because you know, like John Lennon said, that's granny music. And then you look at Paul McCartney and he looks like a granny. So this is perfect. It's the perfect combination. <laughs> Did they have a piano on stage for Obladi Oblada? They had a keyboard. I don't know okay, if it was yeah, a Mellotron, a Hammond, yeah. a Lowry. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't know which kind of keyboard it was, but they did have a keyboard. And the keyboard yeah. actually crushed on a few songs. It was really good. That's so awesome. He, Russell went up to the musician and said, listen, I'm really interested in your organ. And the musician's like, 
Uh, that's great. Actually, can I meet you out back uh, in what we call yeah. the halibut zone? Uh, <laughs> Our set's done at 11. Yeah. We'll come find me later. <laughs> Have you ever been to the spice shop? I want to show you something that's a little blurry. I've got a special white sauce for your fish here. Oh, no. <laughs> what? 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 All right. But I, you know what I wanted to share with you guys? I don't know if I shared this, but I have a hot take. A hot, a hot take Ooh, about hot Paul takes. McCartney songs that came from this. Okay. Okay. I have a belief that the greatest Paul McCartney song ever is not a Beatles song. Okay. I believe it is Band on the Run. No, I was, I, Band on the Run is an amazing song. Paul McCartney that's song, Rob. I, I gave you a bit of it, but like, there's kind of three songs in one. Yeah, I was going to say, it's three it or four converts. songs in one song, yeah. Here's the, right there at that moment when it converts to that groove. A little bit of reggae, kind of. Yeah. I think this is the greatest Paul McCartney song ever. Hot take, your thoughts. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I love listening to this song. This is a great song. You guys, yeah, are I would love to have a fight with you too, but like, it's, I mean, you, no, listen to that. Like, well, yeah, I mean, who's ever sat down and said, you know what, I really want to listen to is Band on the Run. I, the only McCartney song I might, pre- I might put above this one is yeah, Wonderful yeah, Christmas Time. I might put Wonderful Christmas Time above this one, <laughs> but otherwise, <laughs> I, I'm going to agree with you, Russell. Always this was my favorite song of the night. I was so, pu- I, I, I know the song. They did like, play it? They, they played, played it and it wow. crushed because you, you, we were talking about how it's multiple songs in yeah. one. And when yeah. they, when it kind of converts to the next song every time, it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go get it. And it's just badass. It's, it's a great song. I think when those I strings think, come in, when those, yes. you know, dun, 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 yes, yes. Dun, dun, you know, and then it goes to the next part. That's a great. Yeah, I cannot great disagree more. I just I dare any Beckerhead to call in and claim uh, that they've got a better Paul McCartney song than that, because when you do, we will edit that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to share a few of my experiences at the at the the turf club, if I could, other than music. and. The first one was, we got to get back to the singer on stage. Remember how I talked when I was in Nashville when the lead singer leaves the stage during a concert? Yeah. I understand now why. Because when a lead singer stands up on the stage and isn't singing and doesn't have an instrument, they got nothing to do. And they stand there and it is the most awkward thing ever. And there were two, there was one lead singer who stood up there during the bass player song where they came, the bass player came and sang. And it was a disaster. So now I'm starting to get what you guys were saying, why they had to go with the with the ladies in Nashville. They're just giving, they're giving the musicians, they're giving them the stage, right? I mean, yes. rightfully so for a lot of the times, you know, they need to get, yeah. be in the forefront. I, if, Russ yeah. thinks if you're the singer, you got to go up back to the halibut hot box back in the back and meet somebody for the Spice Channel. You can't, you don't keep Look at that dude's organ. I do love yes. the idea though of Russ at a concert, watching the music and listening to music and everybody else is having a great time. And Russell's thought, is like, oh, the lead singer's up there. This is really stressful. This is really stressing me out. Everybody's like, what are you talking about? It's not a thought. It's like my phone is out and it's going in the notepad. Like, it's not a thought. It's written down. I'm probably the only one taking notes on concerts. I got to be the only one in the turf club taking notes. He's on at it. the dark Paul McCartney tribute. And all you've seen is sees a bright light that says lead singer awkwardly standing there. He's doing a voice text to it. This lead singer is acting weird. <laughs> Lead singer. He's got that one emoji that's like, oh, yeah, hey. yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other thing I was going to ask, and I think maybe Aaron can respond to this because Aaron's a bar sitter. When you go to a concert and it's at a bar, if you can find the perfect spot at the bar where you're at like the corner where you and your downloader can turn and both see it, be at the bar and get drinks whenever you need them 
Is there anything better than being at a concert when you can get a drink whenever you want with no, no. line and sitting down? Yes. I mean, yeah. no, no. And then the, the right. only, the yeah, the only problem with that bar is if it's crowded enough. I mean, everybody is walking by you, you know, and there's constantly and the brushing and all mm-hmm. that. So that's the only the, the traffic going by you at that bar is the only issue. Otherwise, you are absolutely right. Sitting there. And again, that's a huge bar too, right? And it's a right. great long old bar, bar yeah. and it's like long, huge, big taps, all that stuff. So it's great that you, you're, you are correct, Russell. Did you get seat at the bar? I sit at the corner of the bar. It was a great Ooh, seat. But perfect. when you, if you go with a, a, a friend to the bar to watch the concert, another <laughs> McCartney fan. How would you describe this friend? How would yeah. You, I'm a McCartney a fan. Is there anything? There's nothing else. No. There's no other scripters no. someone who had a great idea to go see a paul mccartney okay. concert gotcha. so Uh-oh. i ran to the bathroom and i came back and this mccartney fan was looking at because they had been sitting in a different <laughs> seat kind of closer a little bit closer on the other side of the corner of the bar and i came back from the bathroom and they were not looking very happy at that point and they said <laughs> it's because people were started kind of filtering in matt and they could no longer see yeah, and so yeah. because the McCartney fan wasn't as tall as I am, because I'm a very tall man. <laughs> yeah, as, yeah, we know that. <laughs> and so that, that this McCartney fan that I was with insisted that we move to the middle of the bar, and immediately was like, "Oh no, yeah, we have the we have the best spot ever, and now we have to move because now, you, now you're rubbing uh, ointment on your neck because you're cranking to the yeah. side every. Yeah, let me guess, <laughs> let me guess, because this sounds like somebody that I know. Uh, <laughs> Where <laughs> you can see perfectly, they can't see that great. So you have to move where now you're behind a million people can't see anything, but they can see because now they can Perfect. be right up against the fence or whatever. And and so for them it's good, and for you you're it's actually a huge waste of two hours. And but if you say anything, you sound like an absolute psychopath. So you have to just sit there and stew. And we actually had great seats. It was a great time at the concert with the McCartney fan. Yeah, I loved I loved seeing through somebody's elbow armpit into where I could just see one of the guitar players. That was my favorite part. And I just watched that one guitar and get out of here. It's that, that load bearing pillar that was in my face the whole time. in the second half of the concert was great. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's another nickname for the uh, halibut hot box out back is load bearing pillar. <laughs> the last thing I was going to ask you about this, this is more of a bar thing. And I, it might be Aaron again, Aaron's the bar guy. He's always, he's always trying out new drinks or whatever. I'm, he's I'm pretty his- sure you're the bar guy now, Russell. I, I, Aaron, when's the last time you've been inside of a bar? That's true. I went inside uh, on Father's Day to order after I went paddleboarding. We oh, talked wow. about that, but but yeah, I'm not. I've not been sitting inside bars for a long time. Russell's definitely far more up to date on bars than I am right now. I, I got a question for you, and I want to make clear: this does not relate to the McCartney fan that I was with. This does not relate to the McCartney <laughs> fan in any way. What are your thoughts about people who ask for samples of beer? They go up and they can't decide what to get. And they need, I need a sample of this one. I need a sample of this one. I need a sample of this one. Your thoughts. I am sympathetic. Okay. I don't, I don't, it's kind of a weird move, but I am sympathetic because I, especially if you're going to go and get one of these like fancy, you know, hoppy, juicy IPA, you know, something that you like, like I, I can narrow down where, what kind of beer I want. Right. But if I'm going to spend the time and I'm probably only going to have one or two of those, you know, like I just want it to be the beer that I want. And sometimes I just don't know. I'm not that smart about beers. And so like Sarah of all people knows exactly what I want. Every time she can just look at a 40 beers on a list and I say, Sarah, what do I want? She gets it, you know, but I always pick the wrong one. I'm always like one or two off of what I should be getting. So I wish 
but I, but then I'm not the one who, I don't, I, I don't have the balls to ask. Can I, can I sample that please? Cause I, yeah. I, I know where you're going here. Like it's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird move, but I am sympathetic and I wish I could, I wish I would do that so that I would just enjoy that pint that I got instead of sometimes it's just like, ah, this is not what I wanted, but I'll gut it and try another sometimes one. Sometimes the coolest so. thing is actually having your wife do a lot of work for you. That's actually a lot of a really cool thing. That <laughs> is, I mean, right. This all sounds fantastic. Yeah. I'm not at all against sampling beers. I think if the bartender, you know, if it's, if it's not, if it's, if it's getting busy and you're asking for five yeah. samples, okay, maybe that's not yep. great. If it's not busy and the bartender is willing to indulge, I think that's great. I personally, for me, a sample size beer is 16 ounces. I don't actually know. <laughs> yeah. I don't actually know if I like a beer until I've had a whole beer. There so for go. me, like if I order a sample, I feel pressure to like, do I like, uh, did I like that when I just tasted it? I don't know. Like, I don't actually know if I like a beer until I've sat with the whole thing. So for me, buying a beer, always a sunk cost. If I didn't like it by the time I get to the bottom, then I, you know, lesson learned, I go to the next one. Russell, I'm enraged when somebody asks for samples at an ice cream parlor. I think samples have no place in society. I'm like, just fucking order it and deal with it. It's a gamble. Like, that's the fun part. Oh, I'm going to taste what the lemon sherbet. What do you think the lemon sherbet tastes like? Huh? Oh, you're going to try like, and they'll try like chocolate. And I'm like, what the fuck do you think it tastes like? Get the fuck out of here with these yeah. sample shit. See, that's, so you can, at ice cream shops, you can see it. Like, if I could see what the beer looked like. I would know what beer oh. So like, like Rosie, I know exactly within. Oh a, yeah. I, okay. Okay. I know, I know within That's two or three visually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a visual guy. I'm a visual oh, guy. Don't say it like that. That's why you ask if the lights are on or not. That's why. Yeah. That's why so you I get it with ice cream. Like you can see what it is. You can see what the ice cream is. Like the beer, like sometimes I'm like, ah, oh. like it comes out the wait, the bartenders hand it to you or the waitress bring mm-hmm. it to you or waiter, you know, whoever. Like, God dang, that's not going to be what I want, you know, kind of a thing. And so, no. Well, that's because beer names are like, beer names are all fucked up now too. Like the name doesn't tell you what it is. That's, that's part of the problem. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I have some beer stress because my rolling going coming out here and I'll I'll talk about later, but I'm going to Ireland in a couple of days. And Ah. I know you guys know, I don't drink beer at all, but we are going, I am a science guy. So I love talking about fermentation and doing, going to breweries. So we are going to the Guinness. Oh, nice. Awesome. Do it. Yeah, I have to do it. We get two free glasses of Guinness and she's like, what are we going to do? We'll just have to ask for soda. And I said, absolutely not. I will not do that. You and I are going to drink two Guinnesses each. And that's just the way it is. And we're going to deal with it. it. Like we're going to, we're going to be grownups. It's like, it's like our kids. It's like, yo, you're going to finish those Guinnesses. Okay. You don't get any. Have one. Rob, you can have one. It's okay to have one. Guess what? I'm going to have two, man. I'll show you. I know. Do you think you get to see the 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 two fat guys on the bicycle and the lady with the super long fingernails at that brewery? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Guinness? That's the funniest the fucking record? joke he's ever told. <laughs> if you go to the Guinness factory and it's the fat guys on the motorcycle, oh my god! Wait, I was looking for the world's fattest guy. It's Waldo. It's Robert Waldo, the tallest I was man. Looking for that lady with the super long hair. What the fuck? <laughs> Meanwhile, I have to drink this thick beer the whole day. What the fuck? <laughs> Lady's been hula hooping for 18 years. <laughs> Where's that guy from the podcast who plays the piano solo for yep. 25 straight hours? What the fuck? It warms my heart when the girls bring home the Guinness Book of World Records still from the book fair. I'm like, yep, yeah. it's still yep. going. Oh, Every year. It's, cool. it's yep. still great. <laughs> what would be the best? That, that has to be your, your present when you go to Ireland. Yeah. You got to bring back the Guinness Book of World Records, oh, right? God, it'd be so Wait, good. Are you going to Ireland without, without your kids? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so who watches your kids when you're in Ireland? That's amazing. What? I don't, what they're kids. Like, it's fine. What are they going to do? They're not driving a car. It's, they're fine. 
No, they're actually going on a road trip from New York to Minnesota with the in-laws. Oh, so, nice. So rolling going for you, Rob. What else is going for you other than your trip? So for me, my rolling going is I'm going out to Ireland. Uh, and Jenny Lucky. has informed me that, uh, uh, number one, to Aaron's shock, I will be driving out there because it's too, it's too big to kind of walk and there's not the great public transportation. So we actually have to get a car. She informed me that the only car she could get is a stick. And I asked the question. <laughs> now, first of all, I can drive a stick. Okay. I'm like yeah, fucking, right. I'm like yeah, fucking I'm sure. Paul Newman out there. I'm drinking so much ranch dressing. Um, but the stick, I realized Ireland, it's a stick. The, the driver's wheel is on the right-hand side. Yeah. And the stick is oh on the God. left. You're shifting with your different hand. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be tough. It's going to be an absolute, and I know what's going to happen. I'm going to be driving on the left-hand side, and the whole time I'm going to be like, stay left, stay left, stay left, stay left, stay left, stay left. And the other person in the car is going to be chatting with me the entire time, telling me maybe stories about work. <laughs> Maybe stories about work that's from the day before. We just don't know what the stories are going to be about. And I know that that's how I'm going to die. I'm going to die pulling into a lane because I'm listening to a work story and I'm distracted by it. And my last thought is going to be like, oh, thank God. Well, we, we, reach, we reached 100 episodes, right? Yeah, I mean, we so, only need I mean, to do we're, one tonight, We're kind of good, right? Yeah, I think we're all right. And just make you sure think, you edit it before you yeah, go. Yeah, I was going to say, I got to yeah. edit it first. <laughs> the, other, the other good point, if that were to happen to Rob, if the three of us recorded like 96 more episodes, all of Rob's episodes would disappear from the internet because we could only have 100. <laughs> <laughs> there would be no more record of Rob ever being oh, funny on the no internet. More K, oh, no, that'd be terrible. Listen, I listen. my rolling going, I cannot deal with it anymore. Russell just poured <laughs> out of a huge handle of a clear liquid, just poured himself a drink. I didn't listen to a thing Matt was saying. That that was so incredibly distracting, Russell. I mean, that was a giant <laughs> you know pour. What? You know what? I, I made a drink for myself earlier and it ran out, but normally I've got ice ran and everything out. ready to go. And I, did, I ran out of ice. And so I was sitting here thinking, I was like, well... I can either go through this night sober or I can, we can have to talk about the band, the big pink music in a week from now. Yep. And I was like, I'm going to get a drink because I'm not <laughs> talking about the big pink album sober. Oh, that was, I, if, if, I wish we could take a picture and put it up on Instagram. What it looked like Russell pouring this enormous handle and the smile he had on his face. And then his response was, well, I was out of ice. Huh? What? They're both the clear. I was like, that's clear. I'll, it'll be fine. So, so, so you're, are you going Dublin? Are you going anywhere else that you know besides Dingle? I don't, or Cork? Anything? I don't know. She set up the Cork, trip. I don't yeah. know what we're doing. She's Cali told Cork, me a number yeah. of times, and all I remember is hearing the word Dingle because she said we're yeah. going to drive through Dingle, and I was like, please. Yeah. It's the, it, I did that move a, in college once. to drive through Dingle. I got in huge trouble. <laughs> I got fired as a chef. It turned out. <laughs> Be good. Chef. It'll be. It'll, you're, you're gonna. It, the only problem is, is you don't like beer, and that's a beer drinking country. Um, so you. You might be a little bit weird at the bar. Can't you just drink, can't you just drink whiskey and cider, though? Can't you just do whiskey yeah. and cider? We're going to okay. the whiskey. Dis- Aaron. Aaron. Wait, Aaron. Aaron. Come on. Right. My, Isn't that- you're, you're talking <laughs> oh, about my whiskey yeah. inside her? Come on. I mean, I hope you're doing that, too. I mean, everybody should do that as much as they can. You know what's got to be walking a really fine line is being not quite a celebrity chef, like where you're, you're almost <laughs> a celebrity chef, yeah. but you're not. So you got to, like, go work your ass off and work all the super late hours and nobody's excited when you make a big burger. Like almost a celebrity <laughs> chef is like worse than being almost an NBA player yes, or almost yeah. a rock star. Also bad because those are the kinds of people that I will go up and talk to at bars who are like, don't, why is this guy so yeah. drunk and talking to me? Mm-hmm. so excited about my cookbook and like no one else is bothering me right now. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, this is why I got into being a celebrity chef. It's to meet forty-year-old bald men. I mean, please, where are the babes I, th- that want to eat these I'm wearing ribs? Right now, I'm wearing a T-shirt from a tortilla company. I saw this guy no. out one day. In, no, Stop. I saw this guy out one day who makes the tortillas. His Twitter handle like, is at almost a celebrity chef, and he's got eighteen followers. A tortilla <laughs> company. Yeah, they're called Shulo tortillas. They're delicious. He makes great tortillas. <laughs> A tortilla company makes a shirt. That doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah. So I bought the shirt, and then I happened to see him out at a beer garden. So, of course, I had to go over and be like, hey, I'm sorry to bother you, but I am wearing the shirt from your tortillas you right now. the tortilla maker at the beer garden? <laughs> yeah, from Instagram. Yeah. What? You follow him on Instagram? <laughs> yeah, that's how you know where he's selling his tortillas. Otherwise, oh, you're going to lock your ass up. Back did it better is going to be following that guy pretty soon. Oh, Don't worry about <laughs> That is... A tortilla. I just, honey, get in the car. He's selling. Yes, right now. He's selling the tortillas right now. We we have to get down there. Right now. No, deflate the paddleboard. Get it out of there. Okay, quick. I'm gonna back this car up down my driveway real quick to get to the tortilla place. I hope nothing bad happens. No, oh, can't criticize Aaron. I'm not Let's criticizing Aaron. Okay, everybody, back off. Oh yeah. Uh, Wait, is this a music hey, podcast? This Great, is I'm your excited. tortilla shirt. Mm. <laughs> I love your tortillas. They're, They're so good. much They're different really than every other tortilla I've tasted. What are you talking about? Like how good? How good can the good tortilla be compared to? Have you ever had a bad tortilla? Hey, this is this yeah, is someone from a guy tortillas. who's not even close to being almost a celebrity chef. Rob doesn't know he's not a celebrity chef. When I'm doing Rob's big ribs and I'm walking around with those cheesy ribs <laughs> with gold ribs on top, big burgers. You know what? You guys will get quite the discount when you come in. Okay, so don't worry about that. You're going to be on the Rob's silver platter. A discount. I will not be talking to you because I will be talking to all the hot women that come in who want to eat giant ribs. So that is my brilliant idea. Listen, today we are talking about Taylor Swift Red, and I've got wow. a little uh, guest appearance. I'm excited. Oh, by uh, I've got my kid. I interviewed my kid. She's like a huge Taylor Swift fan, so I interviewed her. Here we go. Um, tell me if we're if we're talking about the album Red. Tell me about Taylor Swift and the Red album and what that means. What's the whole theme of it? Well, Red is about a breakup. I hate to say his name, but. Jake. So yeah, why do all Taylor Swift fans hate Jake Gyllenhaal so much? Um, because it's he broke all. her heart. Yeah, I mean the whole album was about how he was like a douchebag. Well, you can't. Don't say it. What? You don't, That's. I mean, it's not that. a bad word. My kid's yeah. on the podcast and not just sure, douchebag right away. Um, but what is, what is where where do you rank this album compared to her other ones? Well, I like a lot of her more recent ones, so I'd say like this ranks kind of lower, but I think. Like, for her overall career, it was a pretty solid album. And it was, like, kind of her turn into pop Mm -hmm. a little bit. Because when she originally released the album, it was um, a country thing. She started out in country. But uh, when she did the Taylor's version, she released it as a pop album. So... So you can definitely hear country on that first version of Red. Tell me, explain to me, why is she doing these Taylor versions? What are these that I'm seeing now? So the Taylor versions are because she tried to buy her like original songs, right? From her, her like her rights to her songs. Yeah. So but she her. wants to own them, but Copy her old record label refused to give it to her, and then they sold it to a guy who she doesn't like very much, and he's in charge of her songs, and they, he's like profiting off of them. She was like, "Well, if I can't buy them back, I'll just re-sing it." and because she owned the, she was a songwriter, so she could, yeah she, she could owned write the song, but she just didn't 
own the original recording. It's like on the Grammys, they have uh, Grammy for Best Record, which is like all the recording and everything. And then they have Grammy for Best Song, which is like the songwriting. So she owns the song, but not the record. Teaching yeah. these kids. Yeah. Um, but so she's, so you're, she's you're so suggesting that people you, listen to the Taylor's version because then yes. the money's actually going to her. Yeah, she still gets money from the original, but it's just not as much. So why why do you think people are so critical when, when we talk about Taylor Swift and people are so quick to criticize her singing about breakups? Why why do you think that is? It does it aren't all singers singing about breakups at some point? Why are people stereotype, I guess, but I mean every artist is singing about breakup songs. Like people don't really say that about Ed Sheeran. True. It's kind of a sexist thing. And it's also like that's what she was kind of known for was like a lot of insurance sucks. I'll just say insurance sucks. That's that time. He's got and some bangers. Some of his songs of are bangers. happen to be breakups, and I think people <laughs> Aaron, just kind of. Aaron, what do you think of insurance? Just like I think he sucks. Young girl, when it was actually like really talented writing and a really good album, but I think people just don't get past the fact that it's like a breakup mm-hmm. thing. I gotta ask you guys. She was twenty two. Like. How many how many like famous breakups did you guys have to the point where you could have wrote songs about it by the age of twenty two? I could have written songs about Jeff Richter's breakup. I mean, my <laughs> of course, my famous song, you know, "Driving Way Fast in My Car." I've got a fast car, which was a parody song of the Tracy Chapman. But did, but my question is, she's got she's got breakup songs all over this album with multiple rumored people. Yep. Whether that's right or wrong, who knows? But like. Rob, did you have like six or seven breakups where you could have made a whole album of songs about uh, different people? No, it, it might surprise you, but I did not have as many breakups as Taylor Swift. I, I can't no? figure out what the difference is. I don't know. I can't. There's, there's got to be something <laughs> where it's not. No, I do not have as many breakups as Taylor Swift. Her I rat tail was a little broader. Her oh my god, yeah, exactly. was a little broader than yours yeah. was. <laughs> right? She, yeah, but, but that's that's a good point, Russell. She was already living in a different stratosphere where her breakups were fucking nuclear like they were in tabloids and shit like when yes you know when lynn h decided to go out with goody l instead of me first semester of freshman year like that didn't make it under you know fucking people magazine right yeah <laughs> right otherwise for Taylor, perfect life. you talked about her reputation era and you're talking about her yeah, red era like so what like does that mean era talking about how female artists need to like reinvent themselves to stay new and young to the public and so mm-hmm. i think that's what she kind of does so she was like in her original like Taylor thing which was like kind of her first two albums I'd say where it's like young and then she was like in her speak now like each album she does like a whole different theme and like color theme so, so red was obviously very like breakup yeah that was her well because that was kind of her transition to pop yeah and then 1989 was like her full on pop like summer cool girl album I guess and then reputation was obviously about getting back in her but also reputation is like is like this bad album you know baddie taylor swift but it was also a lot of like love songs because she had just found the love of her life uh joe allen and so obviously it was a lot about that and then she went into her lover era which was her like neons and like really colorful and that's when she started speaking out about like political issues and you know her support for the lgbtq plus and then her more recent through quarantine she did a whole like folklore evermore kind of thing which they're two different eras mature i'm worried aaron's gonna be triggered when he hears that aaron isn't that the album that's been playing in your house for like a year it, straight it, or not it is, yeah folklore and evermore the two that made my spotify top uh top one through five of 2020 and 2021 <laughs> but i mean i got stockholm syndrome with those i love those like i'll listen to them any day of the week i love them but yeah 100 percent. those All are right, i just wanted i needed to make sure Aaron was good when we heard folklore i'm good those are the ones now i'm good thank you russell this but is I'm such right. a bummer to me that my 13 year old gives a more 
like better music history than I ever have on every episode. Just off the top it's of her like, head. Uh, it's kind of, she's kind of concise, I think, with it. That helps. Oh, what a bummer. <laughs> you hate to see, you know what the worst thing as a parent is? Is seeing your kid be better at anything than you are. It's absolutely the worst thing about being a parent. Oh, it's the worst. Songwriting, uh, even about things that she never even experienced herself, but she still could write about and very like foresty in nature and mature. So yeah, I think just her reinventing herself and staying new to the public, I guess. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Amelia. Appreciate it. Okay. Do you have anything to say to Russ, Aaron, and Matt? Oh, you guys. You're scared about having me on the podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wimps. <laughs> <It's really common. laughs> All right. So then we laughed but, about you guys for like five minutes. That was a real bonding good. moment between us. So let's get into Taylor Swift's Red. Fantastic. Probably, I think, Very one cool. of the strongest first halves of an album we've ever had on this show. I, the second half, I don't know. But here we go. State of oh, really? Race. Wow, I'm, I'm kind of a second oh, half can guy. I, can I ask, are we listening to the original one? Are we listening to the yeah, what's re-recorded the I, version? Yeah, what's or what are we Taylor's listening version? to? Old, the old, old version, not deluxe. The version. 2012 version. There There's you go. not Taylor's version. Right. Not Taylor's version. All right. yeah, so, so now, now I got to go. Now I got to go. Trying to navigate genius during this was not an easy task. Not so I gotta go check Taylor's version. Totally. So I saw this song described as anthem rock, and I thought it's a great description of it. You could see this just banging in a huge right. auditorium. I kind of heard U2. I heard yes. like a similar right. vibe to a U2 song, right? Is that yeah. fair? Yeah. I was thinking Arcade Fire, too, actually. Oh, that's a good pull. You know what I love about Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift album is full of Taylor Swift fans are are also Taylor Swift fans are also conspiracy fans. They love every little conspiracy. One of them being the liner notes. Have you guys heard about the liner notes? No. The, the liner no. notes have a secret message for each song. I and can't it's, tell if Rob's making shit up or no, he's going to make a you can, joke. You can look it up. You can look it up. Goodwill Hunting joke. No, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying that joke was good, by the way. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> it was good. It was a lot of number. It was good. You like them liner notes? This, <laughs> these liner notes have a secret message. So, for example, the next song read, the secret message in the liner notes said S-A-G, SAG. S-A-G, guess what both Taylor Swift and Jake Gyllenhaal's Zodiac signs are? Leo's. No, no, they're Sagittarius. Sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, like there's no way. You cannot push back on the liner notes because it's going to be my whole thing is set up around them. You're going to love it. This is so the big secret thing is that they went Sags versus Sagittarius. It gets better. I read that if you connect all the O's in the liner notes and then draw them together, like a connect the dots, they look like anuses. How do you like them? Stealing my joke. That was that was Rob's joke. Russ's version. Rob, I'm giving I'm giving your joke more more prominence. This song peaked all the way up at num- number six. So when this album came out, she did a cool thing where she released a song a week, four weeks leading up to this album. When on Good Morning America, she went on like a hundred different radio stations. Like it was a huge push about hey, this. What is this sound coming up? What is that? Is that a train whistle? What is that thing? Synthesizer? What is it? That's her yeah, voice. It's, it's, it's got to be the same. Because when you hear this song, it sounds it starts as country, right? And that was a big thing with this album. I think it's very Kathy Matea inspired. 
That's who is Kathy Mateus? Ross, what the fuck? You don't even know who Kathy Mateus? 18 Wheels and a Dozen Roses. I read there was a ganjo on, maybe the country feel was the ganjo. It's a six-string banjo. I've never heard of a ganjo before. Have you guys? I have, because no. Primus, Primus used to play it. So when I listened, oh, to, when I listened Ooh, to Primus, I like they had it. There was also a bazooki, which was that Greek instrument that we talked about a few weeks back. <laughs> I lo- I know so much about guitars. You know, off offspring of guitars. You, yes. it, it would boggle your mind. I, it's, it's I got I got Aaron on one side talking about God knows what, and now I got Doctor Instrument, <laughs> Big Organ Russell talking about his stuff. Next up, we've got Treacherous. A lot of Ooh, great treacherous songs. The conspiracy theorists think this song is about John Mayer. Who, why would you ever write a song about John Mayer? That is the most boring person on the planet. You gotta give John Mayer a little more respect. You're right. He, no, you're right. He can he can play guitar. You're right, John. You're right, yeah. Matt. John Mayer lays major pipe, man. He. I is mean, the fact that the he place. was like 15 years older than her and was dating her when she was like 20. I mean, I mean he was like 35 or whatever he was. Yeah, you know, Jerry Seinfeld's like, what's the deal with dating somebody younger than you? <laughs> so how long? So all these songs are about Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, how long did she date John Mayer or Harry Styles? Like, for, like is it a month? And is she just dating? Like, uh, how long? How long do you need to date someone where you can write a song about them? I mean, ask Joni Mitchell, right? Blue is a bunch of of uh, breakup songs too, sure. right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I knew you were trouble. This got all the way up to number two on the Hot 100. I mean, this guy is banger after banger, kind of right? Anthem, isn't it? Yeah. So good. Aaron, what do you think about her vocals? She's doing like this vocal octave jumping there. What, what do you think about her as a singer? Yeah, I mean, I think she like she's so clearly country influenced that she's definitely drawing on, you know, I'm sure that because she, she, she grew up in where, Florida? Like, I'm sure she listened to Patsy Cline as a kid. I'm sure she listened to Loretta Lynn as a kid. Yeah. I think she listened to Kathy Matea, Reba, all those people. And I think she's pulling on all those influences. And but I mean, I think is, she sounds good. I mean, this is pop, right? This is straight pop. Listen to this. Right. This is huge. And it's just like, you just want to yell along with it. It's so great. And this sounds like that stuff that was going on at the time, like, what, like AWOL Nation? Or they the ones that yes. did Sale? Like, all that stuff. It just feels like everything on this album sounds like something else, but she made it her own, which I think is great. So the album before this really was kind of her saying, I'm a great writer. This album, when you go on Wikipedia and you look up musicians and producers, guess how many there are on there? A thousand. There's a hundred. There's literally a hundred producers and musicians credited because she said, I want to bring in all these people and get a sound and find the sound I'm looking for. This kind of pop country crossover. I mean, there's dubstep in that song. Like the refrain in that is a dubstep beat that they're taking from it. Now, Here's what everybody really wants to know. What about the secret message in the liner notes? For that one, it says, <laughs> when you saw me dancing. Okay. Now there's a video of Taylor Swift dancing with Selena Gomez to One Direction's performance. Guess who's in One's Direction? Harry Styles. Harry Somebody Styles. she dated. That song's about Harry Styles. Guys, this is, I've got some, I've got some information. I've got some pamphlets I'm going to hand you. What you've just said is the dumbest thing that I've ever heard. They're all now dumber for having... No, 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 no. This is, this is right up there with you the You get Q zero stuff. points. <laughs> May God have mercy on your soul. Matt's more annoyed than when we tried to make him watch The Wizard of Oz during the Pig Floyd episode, isn't he? Listen, there's, the, there's one song where it's about JFK Jr. and about how he's going to come back and be the real president. That's a whole different thing. We'll get into that later. It's not a big deal. I read that that song, uh, she hit her 50th Billboard Hot 100 entry. So she had this was her 50th song that made the Hot 100. It made her the fastest female artist That's to hit crazy. 50 on the Hot 100. And who did she beat, do you think? Who was the number one that she passed? Madonna? Matt? Fastest? Yep. Uh, Britney Spears. 
What do you mean by Aaron, fastest? You got a guess? Fastest by age? I'll go with uh, I'll go with Whitney Houston then. The answer was Aretha. Aretha oh, was the one okay, who had more okay. top top hits. That's that's crazy. I mean, and this is this is her fifth album. So this is her fiftieth. <laughs> Aaron, if you say the band again, I'm gonna have to go get another drink. Can you at least oh, no. save it until the later in the every night? Every time you say the band, Russell drinks. Man's battery is going down. Russell's BAC is going up. Um, <laughs> it's crazy because that's that's. I mean, this is her fifth album. So for this to be a 50th song on the top 100, she's averaging 10 per album that get on the hot 100. I mean, that's insanity. Um, now we're at the fifth song. Now it's well known that Taylor Swift on every fifth song, it's her most emotive song. All too well. We know that all too well. This is like when I was at the cabin and we had to dig another thing to drink water out of. It was the all too well. Hello? I thought this song was great. This is one of my favorites. I know there's a lot of huge hits. They're all over, and I don't know which ones are the big hits or not, but like this kind of built to a crescendo. So it's like, good. Fantastic song. It's so good. I, You put this album on, and you were just in a good place. I don't care if she's talking about getting her heart broken over and over. It fills me with joy. Isn't that weird she's how that works? She's always just like stealing little melodic snippets or maybe the writers are and then making them earn like when she says all too well that's like the these small hours is that train or somebody like mm-hmm. everything on this album makes you think of something else but it's still Taylor doing Taylor oh Aaron you're so good at making Russ mad now here's what everybody wants to know about what about the secret message in the liner notes for this one the secret message <laughs> yeah maple lattes maple lattes hmm who did she yeah. like to drink maple lattes with Jake Gyllenhaal, Doug Gilmore? Oh, piece of shit. Felix Potvin, human excrement. He's it, the worst. Can, can we also say, like, is Jake Gyllenhaal like even famous enough to be like a, a whole album's written about him? No, no, not at all, Good. guys. This is a song that was. You know what has caused problems in my life when I've tried to connect all the W's in the liner notes. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. You don't even want to know what they look like. Russell, and what it does I heard if you connect all, you know, they got the small eyes, they got the dots. They're all, they yes, all got dots. Yeah. If you connect all the dots from the small eyes, mm-hmm. it has eyes. a cowboy hat that has a big X through it, which means she's really? done with the country and she's moving oh. on to her own thing. That's what I heard. Transition I read album. that. Yeah. I read that. Yep. It seems like you guys are mocking the actual real research I did. Okay. Okay. There's actually a Maple lot of Maple lattes means that this is a Jake. Oh. I have never been more disappointed that I did not eat a cookie tonight. I'm you said so maple lattes, and I made jokes about Doug Gilmore and Felix Potvin, and no one responded. Russell, I hope you're ready to make the notes for this episode with a secret message in it, okay? And we got to see if the, the <laughs> oh, if our fans can decode it. Yes. Next up, okay, we have probably one of the best songs on the album, I think. It's 22, and guess what? She wrote this. Guess which birthday she wrote this on? Her 22nd 21st. birthday. 21st. Deuce deuces. What you sitting on, girl? Doves or deuce deuces? I, I'm torn on this song. Like, it fits great on this album. It kind of is a little change of pace. It's very poppy. But, like, if this was, like, a one... This one feels like a one-hit wonder song a little bit, doesn't it? Oh, it could, oh. yeah. It could be, like, it could have been... If it was Carly Rae Jepsen, it would have been... Just listen right here, but... Yes. Listen. I mean, you cannot not sing along with that, no matter what. 
So, if, so if good. she would have been Call 22, me, maybe. Yep. does right, that mean it. she was I born in 1989? And Matt, you've talked about 1989. What, what do you think of 1989 versus this album? Way better album, and we'll get to it. We'll get you know we'll get we'll get into that at the end of it. She's got problems with that because she can't put out Taylor version of that because she's getting sued over "Shake It Off" being somebody else's song. But, so she's got to iron that out But what's the difference, Matt? Between what's the difference between this album and 1989? Uh, I think Rob's daughter. She what was she saying? She was saying that she was having was to listening. adapt. No, was she saying she had to adapt? Or what did she say? She had to reinvent herself. Yeah, and sure. I don't think it's so much reinventing herself. Um, you know, I get what she's saying. Um, as just she's just growing up. I mean, people grow mm-hmm. up. She's, she's twenty two and it's her fifth album. Like crazy sixteen year old. That's crazy. She's not right? going to write the mature things that she has written recently. Right? Eight nineteen eighty nine is just building on everything. It's better. The uh, the stuff that Rosie listens to now, I, I mean, it's better than everything else she's ever done, I think. But it's all because she's just maturing. And guess what, guys? She's not singing to us when she's talking about being 22 and dressing huh? up like hipsters wait, or whatever. Wait, thing wait that, a minute. You know, things like that. So, okay. Do these okay. balls Fair. look like somebody who's 22? <laughs> Do you see how weirdly <laughs> miscolored they are? They're really, yeah, they're, they're very deep. Very when great. I turned 22, the biggest decision or the biggest accomplishment of my life was buying a PlayStation 2. 22. <laughs> when I was 22, I was just going to say, when I was 22, I got my first paycheck for being a teacher. I got my first paycheck. It, How did it feel? It was $1,000. It, 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 it gave me no emotion whatsoever. Okay. I, when do, I, was 22, I do it for the love of the game. And But wait, wait, wait. So I, I got my first paycheck. I immediately went out and bought a 61-inch TV that was so big it had wheels. You had to wheel it Yes, around. I helped you move it into your apartment. <laughs> yeah. At that point, they came, the rent was due. And I was like, wait, what? I got to pay rent like every month? So I instead of paying rent, I had a giant TV. That was my experience of being 22. I was like, huh? I, this is terrible. When I was 22, I spent nine hours every Sunday in Russell's basement watching NFL football. So I don't know. It's true. It's so good. Um. I met I met a friend this the other day we from high school and we went out and mostly what we talked about is how our hearing isn't very good when we're in crowds anymore. It was just all about us like getting older. It was one of the most depressing conversations ever. Uh, we were like, this bar is good. It's not very loud. We can hear each other. They, and I do mean, you have, do they ever say, can you hear it? And you can say, I almost do. <laughs> I that almost is one do. of my favorite old man things. It's either it's either oh they've got great parking there let's go yeah, there yeah, yeah, we can get yeah, a good parking yeah, spot totally. or oh that's a quiet place that's good we'll be able yep. to talk there which means hey nobody goes there it's right. not a good spot yeah. <laughs> Matt it kicks you right out on the freeway it's great yeah awesome there awesome. you go so this is a song she wrote after she got dumped and it affected her so much she got writer's block for six months God, that'd be awesome if you dump somebody and they're like, I couldn't do anything for six months. I'd be like, hell yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Which hear. at that point is like 5% of her life. Like yeah. six months is a long time it, for a 22-year-old person. It's great. You, you, you guys know how I take notes? Like when I go out on dates, like I get out my notepad yeah. and I take notes Normal for the podcast. Stuff. Do you think when she goes out on dates, does she write notes? Like when this guy, if I when I break up with him in a few weeks, this is what I'm going to sing about or not? That would be bad. So. If you're with Taylor Swift and she starts writing a song, you got to be like, oh, shit, this is almost over, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. I'm out of here. This is not find good. Backup. <laughs> and speaking of her writing down things, the secret liner notes for that one said, wrote this instead of calling. So this is her message to that man, whoever it was, that dumped her. By the way, speaking of her getting dumped, have you ever heard of the Taylor, my favorite thing, Taylor Swift suitcase theory? No. You should look it? it up. There's a, there's a four-year span where nobody ever saw Taylor in public. Nobody ever saw her. Yet, they would see her bodyguards. They knew who her bodyguards were and they would be walking in and out of places and they would be carrying a giant suitcase. 
She's in the suitcase. And so the theory was, is that she was transported for years inside of a suitcase. This is great. And they, and you, there's also <laughs> videos of them rolling a giant box under the stage at one of her concerts. And people are convinced Harry Styles was hiding inside. Guys, she's moving around in suitcases. Russ, two people in the suitcase Russ, or just one? I think, well, that's the thing is that what if there was two? I mean, that would be, I mean, guys, we want to talk about hot boxing, halibut style. Two in a suitcase. Oh my God. Making love in a suitcase would be so great. I mean, I, I'll tell you, it gives another definition to carry on. Doesn't get to watch those zippers though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably want to shave before just in case. Can you imagine if she's getting wheeled into a bar from outside and the suitcase pops open and it's just Taylor Swift stuffed in a suitcase. The look on her face would be so funny. It'd be the greatest photo. The earth could explode and everybody would be happy because they'd be like, she well, this just is the comes up and bellies up to the bar and goes, can I try all three of the IPAs? Just sample them. <laughs> 16 ounces each. Why do you so smell so much like halibut? We are never, ever, ever getting ever, back ever, ever, together. Ever, ever, ever. This was her first number one like, on the Hot ever, 100. Ever. I mean, shouts, shouts to Avril Lavigne, Avril Lavigne, who did this song first. And yeah. Yeah. wow, what a hot take. What? Sounds like you're kind of a hater boy. Not at all. I love this song. I totally love this. I mean, this, this song's fantastic. I just like to think about where music came from. Is this the first kind of like somewhat current pop album we've listened to on the list? Like Michael Jackson was the king of pop, but that's 25 years before this album, right? Are there any other pop albums that are... Does Lemonade count or is Lemonade in its own category? For sure, yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. Lemonade, absolutely. Yeah. Very similar, right? Like a huge team of people behind a big star, just like everything done perfectly. Oh, that's, I mean, that's the other thing about this album, right? It's produced perfectly. I mean, especially maybe if you're going to listen to maybe another album by like a Canadian group later tonight or whatever, maybe it was just all done in one take and it maybe doesn't sound quite as great. Like this album is unbelievable sounding. When you guys hear that song, is pop or country? Because it made it to number, they, like a lot of people consider it a country song that made it to the Hot 100, but that sounds like pop to me. That's pop. That doesn't sound like country to me. When it comes, does it really matter? I mean. No. No. But yeah. I Matt, just, what else I, are we doing here? Why are we? <laughs> I mean, but like we went back and forth. We were going, who did we do a couple? Lucinda uh, Williams. Lucinda Williams. Yeah, we went back and forth. Like, is she rock? Is she, I mean, like, does it really matter? I don't know. I just. I, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Like, why do you have to put me in a box? It's right. either below average, average, way below average, or we could just, we could just not have to talk you know about why this is, it is. You know why this is considered country? Because then the Country Music Awards could put her (laughs) on the show and be like, hey, by the way, Taylor Swift is coming by, the world's biggest star, Mm -hmm. and she's still doing country. Like, yeah, it doesn't sound like... And you know why? She wants to quietly keep it country so that she can be on the country radios and sell that many more albums and all that that stuff. I mean, it's... it's, Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like... It's not a bad thing by any means. You connect all the R's in the album liner notes on side B... It is a picture of Taylor Swift. It looks like a constellation of Taylor Swift double dipping in the, the pop and performing at the country. Grand Old Opry yes, and yes. the LA Bowl yes. simultaneously. What she yes. did is she just she, the R's though, right? Yeah, just yeah. Yes. What, what she did is she did a reverse side B, Matt. Side B side of the B. deluxe version. Okay. What she did. Oh, Rob's she, trying to get his stuff off so bad. Oh, I'm, I, listen, you guys don't edit this. I edit it, so I know how to make it easy how for me to edit. I don't just keep talking when you guys are talking. I stop because I know to, I can just edit myself out. It's hard to edit out three funny guys at once, isn't it? <laughs> it's actually pretty easy. Uh, she, what she did is she actually pulled a reverse hootie, right? Because he went. <laughs> a reverse hootie. He did a, she did a reverse hootie. 
And I, I, try, I've I asked keep so asking many for people that one. If I could do it hasn't happened yet. I've asked so many people. Did you just fuck? What the fuck? Did you just take my joke? <laughs> yeah. Well, good thing I'm not mad anymore. You can edit God, we, got some you funny, we got some funny guys on this podcast tonight. Listen, rising tide lifts all boats. Okay. <laughs> That's true. Appreciate There's you, no, Rob. Sorry. By the way, that we are never ever getting back together won a Grammy for record of the year, which it turns out is just for a song. How confusing is that? That it's for one yeah, song. Yeah. It, Very it literally has to do with the recording rather than the songwriting. So. Hey Rob, I know I I know it's been tough with us three being funny, but we all want you to stay, guys. Stay, stay, stay. stay. Guess what? I'm gonna give this. What's that? This is my sneaky beat of the week. The yeah. sneaky yeah. beat of the, the week. Sneaky beat. <laughs> I kind of forgot what this sound clip was like. Actually, that's. <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was real Aaron or not. I wonder how much work I put into this sound clip. Answer, almost none. So, Russell's talking about how everybody's funny, and then I play that sound clip. I'm like, oh, great. I'm funny, too. I love the sound on this one. So That's a mandolin, I think, that kind of gives it a little change-up from some of the other songs, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The country, the country roots coming it out. It takes you back to that, like, one of those Grammy performances she did where it's like Pixies in the Forest or whatever. Yes. This is like her idea of a perfect relationship, what it's like. And it's so funny because when you've been married for a long time, and listen, I've told you guys, my marriage is going fine. Don't worry about it. But it's mostly, my marriage is mostly like deciding like, at what point do we worry about something? It's like, there's a little bit of water coming out of the dishwasher. We're like, that's fine. Kids are out till like 930. We're like, okay, what, at what point do we worry? That's mostly what a relationship is. It's not us putting on a football helmet after a fight. Taylor Swift featuring Gary Lightbody, the <laughs> something that I can't read. What's this one? The last time. The last time. This is another one about Jake Gyllenhaal, I believe. Oh, this was the one, Rob. This must must have struck a chord with you because supposedly this was they broke up when he didn't show up for her birthday party. And we know you've made mistakes during birthdays before, so did it kind of strike a chord or not? <laughs> I was there. I just was editing the podcast. And first of all, I put the birthday candles in the cart. They just fell out. It's not my fault. No, I've never made I a do love all the, all the strings on this one. The strings on this one were a little bit different. Kind of another change up on the album. Is Gary Lightbody a real person? Or is, is that some yeah, kind he's of from, uh, He's from Snow Patrol, right? Is that what he's from? Oh, okay. okay um, I didn't know him at all. I think you might be right, Russell, because the second verse is all about how then um, he gave a birthday party for the dog right after. And actually, that was really <laughs> one of the most annoying parts of the whole time. Didn't do anything for his wife's birthday, but had a huge party for the dog. I heard if you play that one backwards, it says that Gary Lightbody's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Gary missing, Lightbody missing, is the walrus. Missing, missing. Can you imagine if my name was Gary Lightbody? That'd be so great. Wouldn't it be like, Mr. Lightbody? Oh, did not expect this. You show up for a powerlifting meet? Yeah. I love it. Yeah, so good. By the way, secret message on that one, LA on break. And where was Jake Gyllenhaal when he didn't show up for the birthday? LA. He's working is what I read. See? Yeah, in LA. I gotta say, what do you guys think? To me, being on a work trip is perfectly acceptable reason to skip somebody's (laughs) birthday. Like, work comes first. No, not if you're dating Taylor Swift, you would do whatever she says ever. Nah, She'd be like, man, drink, drink milk out of this dog bowl nude on the ground while I put you. I mean, hopefully he was still like, yes, downloading please. her albums even when she was 
even it's all he was working. Hopefully, he was still downloading. It's true. It's all you can hope for. Uh, yes. Holy ground. That song is fantastic. It's so good. God, this like sounds Spursy good. Doing Johnny ninety nine. Oh, it sounds so good. And I think this was one of the different producers. This was one of the guys. He might have worked with Kanye in a few songs, but it had a little different sound, and I think that might be why. I love it. I mean, it's fun to have an album where it's all different. So good. It does kind of have that that thing where, like, you know, Bruno Mars, Kanye kind of feeling where it's like it's ramped up, it's going, and then the time stops a little bit, and it's kind of floating. Yeah, love it. And I think what a lot of people want to know is what's the secret message in the liner notes for this one? <laughs> and it's when you came to the show in SD. Oh, well, let's think. Who do we have a picture of seeing a Taylor show in San Diego? It's Joe Jonas. That song's about Joe Jonas. Guys, how many guys did she, how many Wait, famous dudes did she date by the age of 22? That's a, a lot of, yeah. These have to be like very short interactions at this point. Yeah, that's, that's what I was getting at earlier. Like if you go out with someone for a month, are you allowed to write like, Huge breakup songs about them. If you sell a million records, yeah. yes, yes, okay, all right. and then you make liner notes, special liner notes. It's a, it's brilliant. If I was Taylor Swift and you're laying pipe with John Mayer, Joe Jonas, Taylor Lautner, Jake Gyllenhaal, guys, she's getting a one dick. Like Whoa, that's the Taylor bottom line. Oh, yes, it's, she's not messing around. This is this is the hottest of the hot. Like plus a guest spot on new girl season two finale. And then you, and then you dump their asses and you get a song out of it. It's brilliant. If, if, if I had a hit record for every time I got dumped by an online date, I would be the biggest selling musician (laughs) in the history of the world. (laughs) Russell's. How have we not brought up the idea of Russell's breakup album? You should have been writing more songs. It's true. Russell, you missed out. Maybe that's our greatest hits. Rob is a Russ breakup. You should have been writing more songs. Russell. Trust me, I want to do a greatest hits episode of just Rutz's date stories. It would be nonstop. You'd have his hit song, Woman Who Swore Too Much, right? <laughs> the, the, of course, the two men in one night single. I mean, that's got to be the hottest single, right? No hablo inglés. It's a classic. Uh, sad, beautiful, tragic. Russell's all sad. You think you're sad, Russell, hearing that. What about us? We don't get those stories anymore. Your dating life's going great. This is a disaster. That's true. It's sad, beautiful, tragic. This song was a little bit different. We talked about the mandolin earlier, and this one sounded a little bit different. It's because there's a ukulele on this one. I think we talked about a ukulele weeks ago. Matt had mentioned Tiny Tim on a Led Zeppelin episode almost probably a year ago now. Oh, God. But I was listening to this, and I was like, this is this adds like a whole new vibe to the, to the album, to this song, and it's either we could celebrate that by doing a list oh, a of the greatest list? songs ever yeah. featuring a ukulele, oh, that's or great. as some people call it, a uke. I'm excited. A uke. Wow. I'm excited. There's some really good rock singers who do a whole album with ukuleles. You know, Matt, I love the ukulele. Matt do, you, Matt, do you just want to take all my ones? You've already <laughs> my, picked off one earlier. My youngest is way into an artist called Boy with a Uke. And she like wants to go see his concert in New York. And I was like, yeah, I'm happy to buy tickets. But then I'm thinking to myself, wait, it's just going to be a guy playing a ukulele on stage. And I'm going to pay money to go watch that. I don't know if I can do that. That might be too much. First song on the list, Aaron, I'm going to let you introduce this one because I feel like you've been working your whole life to pronounce his name correctly. So why don't you introduce the first song? On Thank the you. List? This is uh, Brother Is Israel Kamaka Viva Ole with Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Love it. That was great, Aaron. Hawaii musician. It was released in 90, re-released it in 1993. 
Um, he, I, he died a while back, but in 2010, NPR named him as the voice of Hawaii in one of his 50 greatest voice series. So he's like one of the voice, he's the voice of that, that state. This song was famously recorded at like three in the morning, right? He had to, he came into the studio so late and just did this in one take. It's, that's the legend. Anyway. It's a it is a beautiful take. song. Yeah. I read he did, this was like a one take, like a 15 minute thing recording in and out and he was done. Like three in the morning? Something yeah. Something like that? Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it was three in the morning, Matt. Let me check oh. the liner notes and connect the dots. <laughs> I'll be back to you in 10 minutes. <laughs> Next song on the list is one of Matt's favorites. This is from 2011. He put out a, a whole album of ukulele songs. This is Dream a Little Dream by Eddie Vedder. Oh. Um, I, what band was he in? Smashing Pump. Smashing. Yeah, I think Pumpkin. so. Soundgarden. Badfinger. Come on, is he even singing this? Is this a joke? Man, he did a whole album ukulele songs, He did a whole right? album, yeah. You know, I mean, like he, you know, he's... Come on. He, he's always going back to these solos, and I, it's not my favorite thing, but, you know, he's got a couple good ones. There's some, there's some music, there's some uh, movie scores that he's done with the ukulele. This is not a real a song. You know what? You're, you're ripping it, but this actually was in 2011, and it actually was a big thing for making ukuleles popular again. 2011, Rolling Stone published an article titled, Ukuleles Rock, Little Axes Earn Big Fans. And oh, the like whole it. article was about how Eddie Vedder and Taylor Swift had brought ukuleles back and made ukuleles really popular in pop culture again. So, like, I think I thought that was pretty cool. Like, one of the reasons Rocks. that some of the songs that are upcoming on the list came after Eddie Vedder and Taylor Swift were really using a lot of ukuleles in their songs. I don't want to. I don't want to make anybody mad or cause trouble, but I do see where Matt gets his energy from the beginning of the show, listening to Eddie Vedder. <laughs> <sing that song. laughs> All comes full circle. Yeah, that's right. All right, next song on the list. This is someone who came just a few years afterwards, put the ukulele in a song. I think he's from Australia. This is Vance Joy. The song is called Riptide. Do you guys know this one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good one. Yep. I never knew the name of the band, though. This is a current, this is a current uh, stalwart. This yeah, is a Pandora dude. staple for my Pandora station. So good. Now, Russell, you know what he's afraid of in the dark. What is that? Dentists. Dentists? What he's afraid of in the song. And I didn't you, know I, that. And listen, Russell, you loved going to things in the dark. He says, I'm afraid mm-hmm. of dentists and the dark. But you know what would be even scarier? A dentist in the dark. A dentist in the dark. <laughs> Terrifying. Yes. <laughs> Open up a yeah. little lighter. <laughs> when, you're, when your dentist leans in and you reach up and try to kiss him, it's like, what? It's dark. Like, imagine going into a regular dentist and when they put the, like, regular. protective goggles on your eyes, it was a blindfold and all of a sudden you couldn't see anything, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't get to see my dentist's office, like the top. You, you, I can't look up in the mirror of this oh. person gouging my, my whole face out oh my and taking God. my money. Your dentist has a mirror, Russell? I think you might be seeing a prostitute. <laughs> that sounds, I don't think a dentist is supposed to have a mirror on the ceiling. You might be going to a swingers Rob, club. we're going to have to edit that out. I told you not to <laughs> no. bring that up anymore. Russell's going to a swingers club and is like, hey, somebody check out my cavity. And then it turns out there's a dentist there. Oh, no. Oh, no. So actually, that song Riptide, Taylor Swift actually performed that on a piano for the BBC Radio Live, and it was turned into this huge hit. And afterwards, she personally invited this guy, Vance Joy, to come on tour with her 
for Matt's favorite album, the 1989 album. So she actually bringing it together, covered the song, and then brought him on tying it together. Oh man, can you imagine being Vance Joy and being like, "Hey, do you want to go on t- tour with Taylor Swift?" Yes, yes, I do. Please, It'd be awesome. I mean, she might write a song. She might write a song about you, though. I don't know. That's oh. kind of a decision. I don't. I don't know if I want a song about Rob's stuff. big dick. He's got a big <laughs> dick. It's so big and it's not weirdly shaped. It's not bigger at the bottom and then it is at the top, which is actually hey, fine. Matt and Aaron, I think that just confirmed our decision not to have Rob's daughter on for the whole podcast was correct. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder why we kind of, uh, I don't know, another good idea. It seems like maybe not. <laughs> she said, she goes, you know, I hear the show like when you're editing it. And I'm like, oh, no, I got to start wearing it. I'm a bad parent. We're going to jump forward on the next song to 2009. I think Aaron might have referenced this band earlier. This is Train. The Absolutely. song is Hey Soul System. Oh, yeah, Check out the ukulele. Okay, yeah, I hear it. You guys know this one? Oh, yes. Of course. Yes. And like I think I think Train is a band that did a lot of the sound that Taylor's doing on this album. Totally. So it's a good one to have on this list. Totally, totally. Right, Sonny. Pat Monahan, Aaron, is that the lead singer for Train? Mm-hmm. I don't know actually. Yes, it is. So Sounds Pat right. Monahan actually asked uh, Taylor Swift to collaborate on an album and they were working on a song together and they ended up writing it for a, a group called Sugarland. It was called Babe and then they actually Wrote it together and it actually got added to the deluxe deluxe version of the Red Album. So oh, there you go. The guy from Train worked with Taylor Swift on the deluxe version, but we're not covering that one tonight. Unbelievable, Russell. You're always nailing this stuff. All right, next one on the list. Rob told me earlier on the night this is one of his favorite artists ever. I don't know a ton about her, but this is just a beautiful song. Yep. Ukulele's perfect. This is Ingrid Michaelson. You and I check this one out. Ingrid Michaelson is one of my favorites. Jenny and I go see her holiday show every year in New York City, where she puts on a Christmas special. We've driven up to Montreal this year when we lived in Vancouver, when we lived in uh, Vermont. It's just, we just love her. Get into Ingrid Michaelson, people. And you strip it down, and it's all you have is the singer and the ukulele. That's kind of the perfect way to go, right? So good. I mean, let's get rich and buy everybody nice sweaters. That's so thoughtful. Oh, this guy, get out of here. She's actually got a great clip on YouTube where she is singing that song at St. Olaf and has the crowd sing along. And then it's like, oh, people are doing harmonies. And you know all those, you know all those pink tasseled music majors were like, yeah, that's us. She's talking to us. <laughs> that was me. The, the worst would have been, I would have been singing BM. cream of wheat the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> cream of wheat. As an aside, when Jenny heard Russell's bit on cream of wheat, she laughed so hard. <laughs> <laughs> she thought that was the funniest thing ever. That's, it's so good. She's like, okay, this but, next song is a request from Aaron in the crowd. He wants to hear a song about a balloon expedition over Antarctica. Apparently he's been studying the library. <laughs> And there's also a song called Big Dick Rob. <laughs> you were mentioning the uh, a YouTube video that there's another YouTube video with Ingrid Michaelson and it was she was singing at a concert and Taylor Swift was there and she was playing and she was killing it. Taylor Swift came out and started dancing on stage because she's a big Ingrid Michaelson fan. So Taylor Swift was giving giving her some props. So I thought that was pretty cool. Hello, I'm Ingrid Michaelson, big Ingrid Michaelson. That's me. Look at my <laughs> ukulele. It's the size of a guitar. <laughs> All right. Normally well, we don't do another. <laughs> normally we don't do this last song, but we. You know what? Matt's mother-in-law called in and she said she wanted to know why we call it Beck did it better, and I thought this was an opportunity to do that, even though it might not be the best time. We're going to do it anyways. This is Blue Moon. 
from Morning Phase. Check this song out. You might hear the ukulele on this one, too. Heard it. You hear it back there? And so now Taylor Taylor Swift came up with this the song we were talking about earlier, and she played the ukulele to come up with the song, but she did not play it on the album. But you know who did play the ukulele on Morning Phase and Blue Moon? Hmm. Who Russell? Who, who could it be? Hey Rob, hold on, Rob. If you if you connect all the bees in the B side of the album, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you it will tell you who played the ukulele on Blue Moon. Who was it? Beck played the ukulele better. Yes, Russell. That was easily a top five list. That was so good. I like that one. The ukulele list. I could see Rob having a ukulele. Rob wears plenty of like he's wearing like a Hawaiian looking shirt tonight. I could yeah. see you having a ukulele. Yeah, it definitely ukulele. doesn't got, uh, hurt I that I have house. fingers that are the size of sausages trying to play on a tiny instrument. <laughs> uh, and then the ukulele is small too. You know what I mean? All right, the lucky one. It's a tiny instrument, Aaron. Tiny instruments. Uh, yeah, I got a ukulele. This. <laughs> I got two in the house. <laughs> you got a kitchen knife. Yeah. Um, I really. I'm comparing it to a ukulele. Aaron's like, yeah, it's a kitchen knife. It's like one of the. Aaron, when Aaron compares his penis to an instrument, it's one of those guitars, but it's the big guitars that are in the mariachi band. You know, like the huge ones that are played by the littlest guys. <laughs> Rob, did you know if you if you look at the liner notes in this one, it's supposed to be about Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the lucky one. It's all about Joni w- Mitchell and Kim Wilde getting out of music. And she mentions roses in there, and Kim Wilde is now a gardener. So they think that it's actually a tribute to them getting out of it and not having to be wheeled around in suitcases all the time. And I thought it was about Axl Rose, because she was a huge fan mm-hmm. of Welcome to the Jungle. Well, yeah. she said that she listened to him just a little, but a little didn't cut it. And so now she listens to him a little more. More and more. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, maybe that's why she was inspired by that train whistle sounding thing earlier in the album. Remember when we heard the train whistle on the Guns N' Roses Live? We had a good joke. I can't remember what the joke was about that. Now, here, if you're wondering, what would it look like if Taylor Swift played with somebody who looks like an uncircumcised penis? The answer is, it's Ed Sheeran with everything, something. Can't read it. Oh. Man, this album is just full of hits, isn't it? So, this is a song about the, the kids of these two singers falling in love with each other. Yet... Nobody cares about that because what they really care about the secret liner notes. And if you want to look the secret liner notes for this song, guess what they spell out? What do they spell? Hyannisport, where she was hanging out with her beau, Connor Kennedy of the Kennedy family. So, oh, so now my Q theories don't seem so crazy, do they? She's actually connected to the Kennedys. Look it up. In fact, she loves the Kennedys so much. This next song, Starlight, is a song about... Ethel Kennedy, the message in the liner says for Ethel, which was Bobby Kennedy's wife. Guys, she's the classic 24-year-old who's way into the Kennedy I be family. This would creep me out like if if I went out on a few dates with a girl and she broke up with me and then wrote a song about like my dead grandma, I'd be like, okay, maybe, maybe this was not the worst thing in the world. Uh. <laughs> right, like she must be wild to hang out with. Like oh. she's always writing a song I mean I guess that's why I'm not a songwriter like she's never not looking for inspiration that's pretty cool you'd be crammed in the suitcase with her like, what rhymes with what rhymes with Rob's big dick I can't see the liner notes in here 
<laughs> Begin Again. This was nominated for Best Country Song this year. Kind of a ballad at the end, huh? Took a deep breath in yeah, another mirror. slow finisher. He didn't like it when I wore high heels, but I Guys, do. Aaron, what would you say you normally are? A slow finisher or a fast finisher? Oh, uh, Turn the lock I mean, slow when I can, when I can, you know, calm down about it. But yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, some people have just been a slow finisher forever. And it's actually a bigger problem. <laughs> people get more mad at that. <laughs> I do like, though, she finishes, I mean, if I were going to write, you know, a musicological treatise on this album, she loves this three-note motif of da-da-da, and she yes. starts She starts the album with da-da-da, and she finishes it with da-da-da, and there's something about that. It means something to her. She keeps coming back to it. I think that's kind of cool. I mean, it's, I would say circle of fifths, but, you know, what do I know about music? Not much, actually. Maybe it is. I mean, it might be that simple. I don't know anymore. Guys, let's get into the popular and patented rating system. The show, the patented and very popular Beck did it better rating system. Oh, yeah. Listen, okay? Is this album at 99, read by Taylor Swift, is this just like a perfect breakup, okay? You break up, you're upset, but you still get to be friends afterwards. Okay, and everybody's respectful. They're not telling you about the shape of the penis where it's wider at the bottom. It's, I mean, what? it's it's and it's actually kind of white at the top. Like it just and it's oh. and again, it's so hot. It's just hot. You don't have that. It's a perfect breakup. That is a rolling well toned. Is this album? Uh, is this album should not be at ninety nine. It should be higher on the list, which is a higher number. Okay. Actually, later in our podcast, that would be a rolling groan. You do not like this album. It should be later. Or is this a rolling bone? This should be way up higher than 99. And next time when they do redo the list in two years, if definitely will be. What do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling groan? Russell, what do you think? I didn't really know what to expect. I've heard Taylor Swift songs on the radio, but I don't listen to a ton of the radio. So I didn't really know all the songs that were going to be on this. But you guys know me, man. Any album that's got commercial hits on it, I'm in for. So for me, this is absolutely rolling well toned. There are commercial hits all over this. There's a lot of cool instrumental things going on. We talked about the ukulele. There was that. What's the other little guitar that they were playing earlier? The uh, mandolin. Oh. They, there was a mandolin. There was all the strings, but there's hits all over this song. I'm all about albums that got hits on it. This is rolling well toned. I mean, Russell, you want to hear about commercial hits. What about? I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. I want my baby back. Cheese. You realize Matt was super into our jokes about an hour ago, and we've finally beaten him down. We've broken. We've broken him. That 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 battery might be going down soon. Rahab's giant ass ribs up with melted cheese. Um. So, uh, that is. Uh, I kind of lost the thread there, Matt. What do you think? Rolling well toned, rolling bone, or rolling grown? Wait, Russell never gave his rating. I said rolling well toned. Oh, okay. Commercial all right. hits all, all right. over it. All right. Uh, it probably could be rolling bone. It could so be many, a lot of hits. So many thoughts. About this is like her fourth or fifth best album, in my opinion. Wow. I wow. Like, I really like Taylor Swift. I don't know if I'm a huge fan, but I really like listening to her albums. 1989 is so much better. For folklore, way better than all of them. So she's getting better as she goes. Uh, the fact that this album is on here and there's no Madonna. I don't think we've had a Whitney Houston one yet, have we? we I mean, like we've got these huge, huge pop artists. And Taylor Swift's one of them. But she's right, one of them. 
you know, it's just, it, it feels why there's no Madonna, why there's no Whitney Houston, why this one's here. I don't know. I just, uh, I don't, I'm going to say rolling groaned. I don't think it should be in the top 100. Um, I don't think it should be ahead of 1989 specifically. Do you think so, 1989 should be in the top 100, Matt? No, I don't know. I'm not a big pop guy. You know, like this That's stuff, true. this guy is there. This album is not for us, right? Like I don't want to listen to breakup songs uh, about some famous artist or whatever that whoever she was dating kind of a thing. It's not for us, but the, you know, that's probably why I like folklore more than all of them. Cause it's not, it's, it's just a completely different vibe than these poppy songs like this. But when we get to 1989, you guys just remember I was touting that one big time. And then yeah, we'll, we'll have a discussion. Yeah, you've been, it's coming you've been up, it's coming up in about a year. So. Uh, I'll tell you what, Matt, you <laughs> said you're not a big pop guy, but I am. I buy the two liters all the time. I think, I mean, what am I going to buy those tiny cans? Yeah. Cause how else are you going to do that Mentos experiment? You got to, yeah, it's true. Everybody thinks that's what science class is going to be like, by the way, it's just Mentos <laughs> experiments. And it's like, no, it's actually um, taking notes and then watching maybe powerlifting videos or whatever. Like it's not important. <laughs> uh, Aaron, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone or rolling groan? Man, I'm I'm really swayed by both of our colleagues here. I this is the first time I've ever listened to this album. I listened to it multiple times on repeat. Um, my lady is in Matt's camp. Much prefers 1989 and folklore, so I've heard those a lot more. First time through this one, I would listen to this album all day. I love great pop music, um, mm. but in terms of the list, I got to say Matt's right. No Madonna, no Whitney Houston. So I'm going to have to say a Rolling Groan. Oh my God, you guys. Yeah, awful. That's a, you guys. Awful takes all around. This is a rolling defies categorization. So, so we got it wrong. Yeah, you got it, we got it wrong. Guys, Damn, so this podcast defy categorization defies categorization. Defy categorization. It's, yeah, it does. It's pretty clearly a pop. Is it a, right? No, it's a pop. It's, is it country? It's it's, it's it's straddling that line. This is a it's podcast about ranking and categorizing. <laughs> but this album makes you realize how dumb that is. Is it pop? Is it country? Who cares? This is a right. certified Beck did it better banger. This album puts you in a good mood Bangers, when you put correct. it on. It is hit after hit after hit. It's great. Now, listen, next up, let's hear what Aaron thinks about the next album. Hmm. The pink is great. It's the music from ah, the Big Pink by the band. That's the nice thing he's gonna say about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it. Well, it's like the greatest albums of all time. But you're just right. I'm at 47, guys. I'm at 47. We gotta, we gotta hurry this up and get to the next one. <laughs> I'm at 26, so we'll see who runs out first. I gotta go grab my power cord. Yeah. I've got the perfect podcast for you. Jack. Grab my power cord. Beck did it better. Guys, I actually connected the dots on the rest of the Taylor Swift album, and I connected it. And it's actually a picture of me, and I'm a celebrity chef, and I made a duo of a pickle and a hot box in a reverse hootie position. <laughs> a, a reverse a hootie box. position. This show is so dumb. <laughs> the fact that that sentence makes perfect sense and is the perfect encapsulation of this show That's just shows show. yeah, pretty much what a up. waste of our life this is. You, you know who it. the only the only people dumber than us making the show are the people who have listened this long. <laughs> They're not a no duo. A duo. A duo. <laughs> ah, hell, nobody's listening. Oh, reverse hootie. <laughs> I hear that, Aaron. I love it. <laughs>